G'day! Just before we dive into this week's show, I want to let you know that this week's episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Protector Insurance. They are New Zealand's specialist motorcycle insurers with a full range of options and cover types. You can trust Protector Insurance to come up with a solution that will suit you no matter what type of bike you ride. As I've said before, thieves are rampant, social media is full of stolen bikes and chains can be cut. Brake locks won't necessarily stop thieves uplifting your bike, chucking it on the back of the ute and driving away with it. I know this from experience. If you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, you will have heard the fabled story of the CRF250L. But if you're insured against theft, you can sleep easy knowing Protector have your back. Have a chat to the Kiwi-owned insurers who have been in the game for over 30 years. Go to protectorinsurance.co.nz. On with the show. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Great to have you along. Now, this particular episode was going to be a standard episode. We were going to have a bit of news. We're probably going to have a bike review. And we were going to talk to a Kiwi rider by the name of Grant Shortall. Now, Grant... When I contacted him, I'd just seen a story about him on social media, uh, a mishap that he had with his bike, he lost it down a 16 metre gully and how he retrieved it is quite interesting and ingenious. I expected the conversation to last about 10 minutes, maybe 15. Um, but Grant is a great storyteller and we yarned for about 30 minutes. Uh, so I'm going to do a minimum of editing on this podcast. I'm going to give you the whole story. This podcast is a conversation with a Kiwi writer, Grant Shortall. Let's roll the tape. G'day, Grant. How you doing? Good, mate. Yourself? Good. Uh, I hear through social media and the like that uh, you ride quite a nice motorcycle. Yes. Yamaha Teneri 700. Good scooter. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice bike. Have you had it since brand new? No, I got it as a demo. Um, What happened was, long story short, I was riding 1,000cc sports bikes. And um, I was, yeah, and I was riding 1,000cc sports bikes, basically, and was zipping along at sort of like 160, 200Ks. And I thought, this is no good. This is no good to be doing this sort of stuff. So, um, and I was brought up on a farm. Well, my parents are farmers. And we had kids like, we had bikes when we were kids, flight from sort of like seven or eight. And dad, me and my father got the first 81 Yamaha in New Zealand. And he bought it off Tim Gibbs. So that sort of got us into motorcycles. And like, I was four when Tim brought out a Yamaha Mini Enduro 60 and rode it. And I thought, yeah, this is cool. So I've had an interest in motorbikes for like over 50 years. Um, and I've been basically riding off and on the whole time. Um, yeah, anyway, long story short was I saw the T7 concept. I was sort of looking at adventure bikes. And um, I was thinking, yeah, shit, this is cool. I want one of these. And so I waited and waited and nothing happened. And basically, I just got the shits waiting for this Yamaha to arrive. So I brought a KDM 690. So I had a 1,000cc Aprilia road bike. 
and a 690. And the, once I got back into rotting dirt again, and it was like, yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And then the Yamaha come up. They finally got released in 2019. And me and my wife and some friends, we did a trip around Europe, on a, did a cruise around Europe. And we spent a week in Milan. To, um, we went and watched the Formula One motor race. And I thought while I was there, I would see a new T7 in the flesh before anyone on the side of the world had. And there was nothing. And I was gutted. So, so be it. Got home and then got released in the Christmas New Year period of 1920. And I went, and I went on an organised um, ride from some local blokes here up in the Manor Two, and they all sort of come from around, like within 100, 160 kilometres of here. And we did a week long trip down south. And there were two blokes that had got that had them and I thought wow these are the way to go they went really good and was all like um all out all all off-road stuff my KDM give up the ghost a couple of days into it and I was gutted and I missed all the best ride and they went right down to Cromwell and um so that made up my mind I said right I'm getting rid of this KDM and I'll get a Yamaha and I'd and my missus put the hard word on me and said have you sell both bikes you can have one good one. I went, sweet. Oh, that's a tough ask, though. Selling both. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I sold both of them within a week. I thought, bloody hell, this is too easy. And anyway, I got a daughter down at Christchurch. So we went down there, and um, I went around the Yamaha dealer in Christchurch, and I said, oh, and I told her what was going on. And she said, come tomorrow morning, it was Saturday morning, and um, take one for a skit. So I took one for a skit over um, Port Hills, and I'm based in Palmerston North. I know nothing about Christchurch. So I went over to Littleton, and I found a hill and tried to find some middle roads to do some wheelies and misbehave on. No joy. But um, I was wrapped the way how this thing went. And so she was doing the hard sell, and I just said, well, hang on, just give us a couple of secs to think about it. Came home, rung up a dealer down across in Carterton because at the, at the time we didn't have a Yamaha dealer handy. So it was like, oh, shit, shit, righto. So I rung up one outfit and they didn't, they weren't open on a Saturday. And so I rung up another outfit and talked to a salesman and he said, oh, the boss has got a demo you can have. So he's, we did the deal on basically on the spot. So I said, give me your bank account number, the money will be in there tomorrow. Bang and it went. I went down and picked it up on Saturday and come home with a yeah. Put the money through. Rung them up on Thursday, Friday. Got a bank account number. Went down, picked it up Saturday, and bought it home. And the rest, as they say, is history. Pretty much. So you're based in Palmy. Uh, you do the odd bite. You're, you're full, obviously, fully into the adventure riding scene now. Where have you been? I haven't really gone that far. I've done. You must have done things like Vinegar Hill, and I'm not that that's really adventure riding, but you must have done a bit of Vinegar Hill and stuff like that. Yeah, Vinegar Hill. Um, the Appity Loop, the side rows off the Appity Loop. Um, within, we'll put it this way, Raymond, from within half a net, well, not even that, within, say, 20 minutes, I can be sliding the bum around on metal roads within where I live, where I live. Um, where my parents farmed, it was all metal roads. So I can do, like, the Appity Loop, and then there's two ways. There's a tar sealway and a gravel one, and I can 
shoot off into the gravel and you come up through Makua and into Aberdeen and then I ride back up and follow the ridge road and it does, oh, goes quite a way and it actually just about ends up all the way, oh, about 15 k's out of fielding and I just ride down the, then I can ride down the main road, oh, it's not really a main road, just a road from the farm and I can turn off on another road and go across the river, do river crossings and come up on Combolton Road and into fielding and catch up with my mum and yeah, shoot back home and that's all within yeah like yeah it's just just out just out the yeah, just out the back door basically well it sounds like i'm going to come out going to have to come up to manawa too and you're going to have to give me, give me a guided tour oh i could do that i know from surfing social media that you've done uh, a couple of tracks that uh, matt and i did over the christmas new year break uh, the 40 second traverse and fisher's track yeah <laughs> I've only done one of them. Well, you didn't. Well, did you not do one of them in the end? No, 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 no. Well, tell us the story. Go on, regale us with your uh, your your attempt at Fisher's track. Anyway, I'd seen a post on New Zealand Adventure Riders or something, and some bloke suggested it was out of the blue, and um, he said, "Oh, I'm keen to do Fisher's, um, not um, do the forty second traverse." And I'd heard big stories about, like, shit, this is super tough, you know, it's like blah, 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 and all that, yeah. So I was a little bit hesitant. Like, I've ridden plenty of dirt bikes and that sort of thing, and um, I've been a little bit, little bit hesitant. And I said, and I just think, well, we had a few beers, I mean, yeah, I'm keen. And then all of a sudden it was like, shit, she's all on for this weekend. So, right, we're into it. And um, so I rang a mate of mine, and look, like, this was Friday. It was still like Thursday night or whatever it was. And next thing Friday, I was having a few beers. And next thing, he goes, right, it's happening. Oh, oh, hell, right, okay. So I rang a mate over in Fielding, and he's got a big-ass BMW 1200 thing. And he was like half a dozen beers deep. And I said, you keen to do the 40-second traverse tomorrow? And like, there was lots of swearing, yeah, I'll see you at 6 o'clock in Fielding. So in the morning. So we all, I went, mean, right, she's all on now. And... um. So I met him at the garage, we had a coffee, a quick cigarette, and then gassed up, and we had to meet Andrew and a couple of other blokes at National Park by nine o'clock. So we sort of shot up there, and just as we were, we just went straight out through Howcombe and up the main road, and we were hauling along at a good pace, and just out of Hunterville, it started to, got fog, the fog coming, and it didn't clear to the other side of Taihapi, and we were frozen, like it was freezing. And I said, doesn't matter, we're going to come right. And so we gapped it up to National Park from Wairuru. And on the way there, there was just a couple of side roads I looked down and there were two blokes on Teneris coming in. And we were humming along at a good bat. And we got up there and I met, we got introduced to Andrew, Raj, and then these two blokes on the Teneris turned up. And they have done it before. So we were sort of like comparing bikes and they had um, tricked out Teneris like seriously tricked out bikes. Mine is pretty basic. And um, so off we went, and we went up to the start of the Fisher's Track from the Ruapohu side, and off we went and just smashed our way through that. And we took the detour, is it Ten Man Hut? Rode up to Ten Man Hut, went through there, and we did the side track up the road, and it was all pretty easy going. Um, so we came out at Ophon, had a bit of lunch, and they said, oh, let's go do um, the 40s, uh, do the Fisher's Track. Yep. Yeah, sweet, let's do it. So I ripped into that. And and when you were doing Fisher's Track, you were going from north to south, yeah? Yeah, it would have been, yes. You, so you you finished it, uh, you, you would have finished at National Park? Yeah, yeah. So 
we're heading out, out that way, and the other guys gapped it, and I was just sort of getting me collecting the thoughts. And as we, with the Teneri, you know, when you turn it off, it resets the ABS back back on. So, so I stopped, and the other guys just blatted up the road. So I stopped and I turned my ABS off and just carried on up the, up the gravel. And with the standard STR Pirelli, I would say it's the worst front tyre in the world to have on a gravel road. From I've had a couple of uh, hairy moments. So I'm just riding up the road, minding my own business, and I wasn't even, wasn't even on it hard. And then I caught up to this bloke on the uh, Raj on his 790 Adventure. I caught up to him next thing, right, get past him and off I go. And that's where you'll see I was going into, I went into this right-hand corner, and that's when my front wheel let go, a lack of talent, and I dropped my bike and went over a bank. So you dropped, hang on, you dropped your bike and it went over the bank? Yep. Wow. Yeah, quite a way. Quite a way. And so you're, you're on a section of the of Fisher's track where you've got... Uh, no, nah, we're just uh, on the gravel. We're still on the gravel road getting oh, there. Just the, so you didn't even get in? No. There. Okay, cool. So the bike's disappeared down a hole on the left-hand side of the road. Right-hand side. Right-hand side of the road, right, okay. Right-hand side, yep. Yeah, so as I was going around the right, it was a right-hand corner, and I was just cutting the corner. Well, I wasn't even hard up. That's the most depressing thing. I wasn't even on the gas hard. And the front goes, and next thing, bang, it's on its side, and I flicked it the other way, so it lands on its left, and next thing, it drops over a bank, I go over the bank a little bit, and next thing, it just, next thing I sort of, was sort of at the top, and I saw my bike just keep disappearing down this big hole, and I was like, shit, this is big. And this is this is 210, 215 kgs of bike disappearing off the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going down a big hole, and um. I was thinking, oh shit, this is no good. Anyway, so I sort of stopped and um, thought, and the lights and everything were on, it's stalled, of course. So I got off and turned it, and I'd sort of climbed down the bank and turned it off. Then I thought, oh, there's that bloke on that KDM coming. So I'm trying to find bits of dirt as I'm climbing up a bank. Like there wasn't a lot to grab onto, and I'm yelling out, trying to throw dirt at him. And then he stopped and he goes, oh, are you right? I went, yeah, I'm fine. Bike's not too flash. He goes, and he goes, Oh, okay. I said, right. Are you fine? I said, yeah, I've got. Yeah, I'll be right. I can. I've still got all my legs and bits and pieces. I can still walk. Yep. I said, right. What you do? I said, you just head off up the road and catch up to the others. And uh, so I, I climbed out, and I, all you see is this, the top of a T seven, and it's about three. Made of mine reckon it would have been a good fifteen feet down the bank. Now, as you could imagine, like it's just scrub, and it was wedged. It was wedged between a big concrete culvert, the headlight was, and the bum was wedged in from the water course from the road. So it's, like, it's wedged in there, and the front wheel was hanging in fresh air, like it's wedged in tight. No amount of manpower is going to drag that out. You're going to need some sort of machinery. Yeah, we needed some, yeah. And um, so he, off he went, and I thought, right out. So I took my gear off, and... Um, and I took note of the culvert number from a rural background. And I took note of the culvert number. It was number 58. And there was a poison, you know, don't enter this poison, blah, 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 on a, on a gate. And um, so I was sitting there having a cigarette going, shit, Grant, this is, this is quite ugly. And um, next time I'd hear dogs working, I thought, well, there's only one, one thing to do is uh, go for a wander. 
so it's like shit she's big um so where i where it had fallen off i found a couple of sticks and i put a big x on the big x so like raj would know where we where i was and um off i went so i walked up the road because you because you're in the middle of nowhere you've got no cell phone reception you've got nothing so i'm walking up the road and a farmer an old cocky be and was coming down the other road on me on in his ute with a trailer and all these bits and pieces on the back, posts and fencing gear. And he said to me, oh, you got a bit of boy trouble? I mean, yeah, you could say that. And um, <laughs> I love the, the understatedness of this. Yeah, 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 I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, you could say that. And um, I said, oh, what's it? He goes, what's this? Year? I'll show you. So I said, I'll just walk down the road. I would have only gone maybe two or 300 metres. And I said, oh, park you up there, mate. And poke your nose over there. Oh, and he sort of like had a yarn. Goes, oh, jeez. And he told me off. I was on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> I went, yeah. And he goes, oh, geez, that's no good. And I said, well, is there a bloke with a front end loader or an excavator handy? And um, he goes, oh, yeah. And then he proceeded to tell me about he brought the farm adjacent to where the where the gate was. He bought that farm in 1960 and he had to get some wild ewes out of there. And he said, the local bloke said, you'll never get them out. But he said, I've got good dogs. So he rounded them up and he said, they went straight through the gate and over into, into that cold where I was. And she's pretty ugly down the bottom of dirty old swamp water and oh, yuck. Big old ugly eels in there. And so he, um, and he goes, oh, I'll shoot home and I've got a big nylon strop. And I said, I'll make sure you've got a couple of chains as well. And he goes, yeah, that'll be right. And he said, I'll see you in about 40 minutes. I went, yeah, good as gold. I was, well, I'm going nowhere. And off he jumped in his ute and toodled off home. And then, so I was sitting there waiting. Oh, can't do bugger all now. And, um, and then another bloke turned up, a young, uh, young bloke with his wife and a couple of kids. And he goes, oh, what's going on? I said, oh, take your nose over the bank. And he goes, oh, jeez. And um, he goes, oh, I'll just park my ute up the road, make sure no one comes down here. I went, oh, yeah, whatever. I said, oh, no point waiting. Just carry on. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, this will be a bit of fun. The kids are like this. <laughs> oh, right, oh, so <laughs> Yeah, like, there's no point getting upset. Like, you just can't. There's no point getting all bent, and sh- bent out of shape. So we, um, so he waited, and I said, oh, some bloke down the road's getting his tractor. Some guy. And I said his name. He goes, yeah, always oh, my neighbour. Good bugger. I mean, you're all right. And um, by the stage, of, oh, it would have been 15 of an hour. Then the other guys came back. They came back and they went, what the hell? And there was like lots of swearing. Like, holy, yeah, beep, 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 beep. And I go, yep. And then the cavalry, then the old bloke turned up with his tractor and a strop. And I went, oh, right, right. And everyone was just like, what's going to go? And I said, right, we're going to tie it around the wheel, the back wheel. And so we sort of directed the farmer and we put, I said, I climbed down there and I put the strop around the rear wheel and then... It was too short, so we had a chain, and we just hooked it around his front end loader and dragged the bugger up. Took a little bit of work, and we dragged her up, and uh, she was there. She was good to go. So after, so you dragged it, you dragged it back up onto the road. You turned the key, you hit the starter, and what happened? Started. Beautiful. First time. Um, like she was, like you would have seen on that video, it was dragged up, and there was bits of bloody grass hanging off the gear stick and the handlebars and stuff, and um. So we got it back on its legs up the top, and um, I went and thanked the farmer in no uncertain terms, got his name and where he lived. He lived down the road a bit further, and thanked the other bloke. 
It was like, righto. I said, watch this, you bastards. I said, this is Yamaha tough. And I turned turned the key on, stabbed the start up, boom, and it kicked into life. And they were just going, you jammy prick. Go buy a lot, I take it. <laughs> there were lots of swearing. And um, so I had a quick glance over and like she had a few gouges and scrapes and bits of broken. Yeah, so so what, what what damage was done to the bike that um you know didn't buff out? Um when I got it home I had a I had a good look. It, I had a big gouge in the headlight and I polished most of it the big scratch up the you know, the front headlight and the little fairing. I twelve hundred sandpaper them and buffed them out. Um it broke You're talking, you're talking the headlight and the screen above it? Yeah, um, it bent the clutch lever like a big hook on the end, so I replaced it. Replaced the clutch lever. Um, it cracked the left-hand side um, radiator shroud. Cracked that. It's got a crack in it. Um, it. I had been reading online where you put not you take the bolts that hold on your fork protector for your upside down forks. You replace them with nylon like nylon nuts, bolts, because I'd heard of reports that guys have crashed them and it breaks the bottom of your fork leg, what holds your um, disc brake and stuff off. So I, and so I put plastic, the plastic nylon bolts in and they shared clean off, so they did the job. Um, just pulled them out, put new ones in, and I lost, I lost a space between the bottom of the fork leg and the lower fork protector, and what else was oh and I've cracked I cracked the side panel between you know here's the black panel between the rear you know number boards and that broke that and broke that so I plastic wheeled that up and what else um mate basic basically all superficial stuff yeah nothing major nothing major at all wow like one tough bike like it is tough that that is a story I mean that bike when what did you say it was fifteen feet down a bank yeah. wedged itself between a rock and a gully got dragged out by its back wheel yeah. and started first time with no major damage yep. Tenere 700 Yamaha well done you've done well oh great bike I rate it I love it in fact I enjoy that bike more I just I just like riding I like it you can go and do wheelage you can misbehave it's just a cool Seriously cool boy. You must have got to go. Like, I got to go. Threw my gear on, hit the ABS switch, powered off, and I said, right, I'll go shout you boys a beer at the pub, at National Park. And um, yeah, we zipped, zipped around there and had a quick beer, and then it was like the other guys, one guy's going back to Tamanui, another one to Taupo, and two blokes back to Wongas. And me and my mate, we just went, oh, righto. So we just straight rode straight home and had a few beers at his place afterwards. And yeah, it was like, wow, big day. Outstanding. Now, how many Ks on your Tenere 700 now? Um, not quite 8,000. Cracking on, cracking on, nice. Yeah, nearly 8,000 Ks I've done on it. And they have been reasonably hard ones. It's just, yeah, it's just a great bike. Yeah, the front tyre, I've been meaning to replace for ages, but it's just for him got around to it. So you've done about eight thousand k's on it. Uh, you, you, you're kind of blaming the front tire for your um, for the majority of your off mm-hmm. uh, on your big trip there. Eight thousand k's though. You're probably closing in on uh, needing some new tires. I'm picking. What are your thoughts on uh, on the next set of tires? I've just I've replaced the rear. I put another Pirelli STR because it's like a sports bike on the tar seal, and I just got this week a TKC80 for the front. So it'll give it a bit more um, bite in the gravel and stuff. But, yeah, like I've ridden that bike, I've done, like, the back roads all through Tamaranui, 
um, over the wire wrapper, heaps of riding over that way, and even um, I did a ride with a couple of mates, and we went up to the left home, and we went up to the Gentilani, the Napier Gentilani, and halfway up there or wherever you can turn off, and basically you can ride from that turn off all the way, just about to Apity through the Calfetau Valley, and you end up in Apity, or Rangawahi Apity, just about. And the whole lot's metal. And I had a couple, I had a couple of close calls where the front just up and gapped it. And I saved them, and I thought, right, I've got to do something about the front. And um, yeah, but it was oh, geez, a while ago. And yeah, so but yeah, I just no, just going doing. What I wrote about that bike is you can ride it on the road at 120, 130 k's, and it'll hum along all day and just loves it. You can. That's on the main drag on those bat shitty country roads. You can hammer it around them. Rougher the better. It just loves it. Soaks it up. And then all your gravel roads, it just, yeah, it's a great bike. I love it. I 100% agree. And I think I'm going to have to ride my T7 up. We're going to have to go for a ride around your neck of the woods. Grant Shortall, hey, thank you very much for your time joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. I think we're going to have a few more yarns with you because you're a good storyteller. This is a, this is a well-behaved version. Believe me. <laughs> This is well behaved. Brilliant, Grant. Thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us on the show. No worries, Push later, mate. What a brilliant conversation. Interesting dude and a great storyteller as well, Grant Shortall. And his story, uh, he loves his Tenere 700, uh, but he had a little mishap with it. Um, you can catch up with Grant uh, and most of the writers, in fact, that we talk to on um, NZ Social Writers on Facebook. And, of course, uh, Grant is, uh, is is quite prolific in the New Zealand Adventure Writing Facebook page as well. Hey, thank you very much for sticking with us through this podcast. Great to have you along. If you ever want to get hold of me, I'd love to hear from you. You can uh, you can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can get hold of us on social media, Facebook. Facebook and Instagram as well. Just search Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thanks very much for sticking with us. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray here and keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. G'day, Ray again. Uh, thanks for listening to Kiwi Rider Podcast, made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders and insured by Protector Insurance, a Kiwi-owned insurance company. The team at Protector Insurance are enthusiasts as well. They know a street bob from a street, triple a pan-European from a pan-America. Uh, they know a Tenere 660 from a Tenere 700. So you can trust they've got your back with a range of cover types from storage only through to full comprehensive and even track day cover. Whatever you ride, have a chat to Protector Insurance and trust they'll look after your pride and joy as if it was their own. Accidents happen. You might have been riding for 50 years or 50 minutes, uh, but you could drop your bike at any time due to any number of reasons. With full cover from Protector Insurance, you can rest easy knowing they've got your back and they'll get you back on two wheels as fast as they possibly can. Protectorinsurance.co.nz. Have a chat to them today. And thanks very much, Protector Insurance, for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.